You are listening to Astrology, the Amateur Astrologers podcast. Welcome back, masters of ass and amateurs of astrology. I'm Rachel. And I'm Audrey. Hello, everybody. Hi. We're back. We're back, and it's cold, and it's autumn, and it's... I felt like our intro needed some kind of, like, spooky music. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You know? Oh, Rachel might do that in post. That would be fun. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like since the last time we recorded... It's got freaking cold. Drastically changed. It's got so yeah. chilly. Yeah. So chilly. And I, I, I'm excited for this episode because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we've subconsciously tried to avoid it a little bit. Ooh. You know? I would not thought about that, but yeah, I think you're right. And because I feel like we've gone for the planets that I think we connect to and we like, <laughs> and now we've, <laughs> we are forced... <laughs> Oh, the realization is real. Yeah, Oh my God, that's so true. So today we're doing Mars. Yay. um, Which I am growing to like a lot, actually. Mm. Um, And I also think just like currently right now, there's a lot of Mars energy in the world and Mm. in myself. And so I think it's a really proper time to do this. Nice. Yeah. Gucci. Yeah. Should we do our internal weather? Yes, what's yours? What's my internal weather? I'm feeling like... I'm feeling like a really, really old oak tree on a really windy day mm-hmm. where I can feel... I can feel my branches moving, but my trunk is, like, still, solid. You're pointing to your crotch. Yeah, I know. I did, I did. <laughs> that was unintentional. But I am grounded. Cool. That's the word I was looking for. Cool. What's your internal weather? What is my internal weather? I feel like kind of like a blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the snow or the ice is so cold that it burns. Ooh. Yeah. But in a good way? A, I don't know, just oh, in a way. In, I don't necessarily okay. know that there's a judgment value. Let's not make on it, it good and bad. You're right. You're right. Um, and I think the intensity, the kind of overstimulation of it, makes it almost feel just kind of numb. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. That's the internal weather. Beautiful. Should we do some Mars basics? Yes. So hit us with that. Mars is a planet. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> So Mars is a planet, and in astrology, Mars has a very specific meaning as the other planets do. So we've already done, um, we've done the sun, we've done the moon, we've done Mercury, we've done Venus, Venus. and the next one in line is Mars. Mars. So Mars is a lot of things. Mars is aggression, Mars is passion, ambition, motivation, effort. It's very physical. Um, it's seen in polarity with Venus, mm. and we've talked about Venus, and Venus being kind of attracting what we value and desire, and Mars being more about the physical assertion of those desires. Mm. And so I I came up with Venus is thrive and Mars is survive. Ooh. And because of a lot of my research I did, people were talking about Mars being like instinct and survival instinct. And like action, isn't and it? And action and... and also action out of necessity but also desire and passion Mm. whereas venus is about um enjoyment yeah you know yeah mars is do and venus is like 
have fun doing it <laughs> you know <laughs> um and so yeah so venus is romantic attraction and mars is kind of physical and sexual attraction mm-hmm. so mars also from the view of earth has its own kind of like orbit pattern and so this can kind of also be seen as independence and self self-determination and being self-willed so yeah so that's that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how you can kind of read into it like that um mars is also rules aries and scorpio actually um it's quite well known to be tied to aries aries being the first zodiac sign um, they're like initiator do before you think yeah, yeah um has a lot of mars energy and um as i'm sure you're going to mention later mars is seen as red and red in nature is danger and so there's kind of these like red flags but also this kind of life and death thing that's tied to scorpio mm-hmm. some more spiritual side mm-hmm. of it yeah um whereas the aries is much more of the kind of like instant aggression and the scorpio is more like the life and the death and the rebirth and the the boundaries and the you know we oui. um and so mars is also what makes us angry and how we express anger and then there's some nice questions that i was listening to um on a YouTube video. I should really source these kind of people, but I don't. That's okay. Um, Maybe we can create some... We can create some... You know what, guys? Little anal beads. Mm. We'll create some some nice Instagram posts yeah. with some of our sources. So Definitely. follow us on Instagram. That would be very nice. So where and how do you assert yourself? Where and how do you have confidence? And then this is the big kicker. Where and how do you attain what you really value and desire? Oh, that is a bit... Straighten the notes. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll kind of touch on this a bit later too, but the where and the how is is exactly what's going to be personal to you. So the where is what house yeah. your Mars is in and the how is what sign your Mars mm-hmm. is in. Mm. I was literally just thinking about that for my own Mars placement, which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah. Okay. Go with some astronomy, please. Astronomy, I've got quite a lot. Um Sorry, not sorry. Mars is incredibly interesting. I think incredibly interesting because we actually know a lot about it in terms of its astronomy. Mm. Um, because it kind of, I would say, of all the planets, it probably interests humankind well, the most. There's a lot of passion surrounding it. Indeed. Ooh. Um, so Mars is the fourth planet away from the sun. It's the fourth planet in, in the kind of solar system order. And it's the second smallest because in astronomy we don't include pluto because pluto is no longer considered a planet yes, in astronomy but in astrology we do in astrology we do so in astrological terms it's the third smallest mm. so it's it's small but actually it's not that much smaller than earth mm. um as Ord has touched on, it's nicknamed the Red Planet, and it's because its surface has a kind of reddish colour, which is due to iron oxide, or rust, as as we should all know. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually makes it really, really easy to spot at night with the naked eye, because it's incredibly unique. It has this kind of reddish hue. We saw Mars, what was it, two nights ago? Two nights ago, we did. Yeah. We were walking home and we saw it. It was very nice. Um, it's a terrestrial planet, uh, which is like us, so it's made of mostly minerals and rock. Um, unlike, say, Saturn, which is a gas planet. A big gaseous planet, a like big, my sister. Yeah. <sighs> Shout out, Madalena. Um, <laughs> and it's the site of the largest known vo- volcano in the solar system called Olympus Mons, um, which is two and a half times the height of Everest, Everest and reaches over 21 kilometers high wow. from the surface, which is pretty incredible. Two and a half times the height wow. of Everest, yeah. It's big. Mm. It's big. 
Um, Mars is also home to the the kind of largest ca- canyon system, which is called Vals Marineras. I think that's how you'd say it. Excuse if my pronunciation is terrible. Um, but that canyon system is over 3,000 kilometers long and it's very deep, which is amazing. And it's like a, when you go, I highly recommend Googling it. When you Google it and you look at pictures of it, it looks like this huge scar on the planet. It's mm. kind of beautiful. Um, Mars, in terms of days and seasons, is quite comparable to Earth because it has a similar, like, rotational period. So it turns around the same, about the same time that mm-hmm. the Earth turns. And it also has the same kind of, rota- uh, like, rotational axis tilt. So you know how the Earth isn't a straight mm-hmm. tilt, it's slightly yeah. on a tilt. Mars is why similar. why we have seasons. It is why we have seasons. And why the seasons are different in the hemispheres. Mm. Um, it has two moons, Phobos and Deimos, um, which are pretty funky shapes because of asteroids. They're not like perfect spheres. Like, I mean, Earth isn't a perfect sphere, but um, they're kind of like, blah, 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 mm. which is nice. Um, some stuff about water on Mars, which I thought you would like. Oh, hell yeah. So liquid water can't exist on Mars because of how low the atmospheric pressure is. I think I read the atmospheric pressure is 1% that of Earth's. Oh, so wow. it's really, really low. Yeah. Um, it does have really large polar ice caps, which are made of water. And scientists believe that if the south cap melted, it would be enough to cover the entire planet's surface with 11 meter depth of water. Wow. So there is a huge amount of water held mm. in both the polar regions. Um, they've also found underground sources of water. So they, I think it was in 2018, they discovered an underground lake. I think it's beneath the south ice cap, which is water. And it is a, it is wow. a water, but it just can't exist on the surface. Um, and I think it was like 20 kilometers deep. It was very deep. Wow. Um, So we know loads about Mars, and that's because we've sent a lot of unmanned kind of craft to Mars to do lots of scientific research. Um, There's also a lot of research done into whether there's life on Mars, and we're talking like microorganisms and kind of, um, there's kind of proof to say that there, there was organisms millions of years ago so that we've kind of found things like fossils mm-hmm. that hold microorganisms and stuff like that an organic substance mm-hmm. um and then there's also lots of questions about colonizing mars yeah which i've heard of um and i i think if you're kind of interested in this there are lots of interesting questions about how we would do this because of more logistical things like the gravity is different it's kind of less than here and so mm. that would be very difficult the pressure is very different we wouldn't be able to live we'd have to live in like pressurized huts so it was the right atmospheric pressure because otherwise you know how when you're in a, a plane and it goes too high yeah. everyone loses consciousness yeah I'm sorry but that would happen on mars if yeah. you were out without a pressurized suit um and then there's also like the the moral side of it of like why is it okay to colonize another planet and or then just screw anything it up? as well yep um, colonization is a problematic term. Yeah, it's the devil. Yeah. Um, but it is very interesting. That is interesting. It is very interesting. Um, and it's very beautiful. I think Mars is really... Yeah, go Google some images. Yeah, it is it's pretty. pretty. Um, some mythology. Yeah. So Mars is the Roman god of war um, and is also an ag- agricultural guardian. And uh, there's like a lot of duality in Roman gods and goddesses. And I also find it interesting because I swear all of them are related to agriculture but anyway (laughs) fertility everything um so that's what life's about (laughs) rachel having kids having kids making grass (laughs) 
Uh, Mars is the son of Jupiter, and he kind of differs from his Greek counterpart, Eris, who was kind of really scorned in Greek literature and is kind of a big antagonist, whereas Mars was quite revered in Roman culture. Okay. Um, and he kind of, even though he's the god of war, it's kind of seen as he's like the military force that secures peace. Okay. Again, very problematic. Interesting. Um, and is also seen as the father of the Roman people, and we kind of see this influence come into astrology with the fact that Mars holds masculine energies. Yeah. Um, and then Audrey touched on this, the kind of duality of Venus and Mars, but in Roman myth, they had an affair. Mm. And unlike Aris and Aphrodite in Greek literature, who were like really, really not, their relationship was a big no-no. Mm. Um, these two, it was heralded as like, ooh, good match, even though it was, oh, an affair. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's that's cool. Mm. So, Mars, Mars is interesting. And remember, like I said in the beginning of this episode, I feel like we may have potentially, without knowing it, avoided it. Mm. And I don't know why. <laughs> but we can maybe unpack a little bit of this. Yeah, potentially. we can unpack it. Um, and I also wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit about or maybe like make our own calculations about like Mars in certain placements potentially. Yeah, that sounds fun. Mars in different signs yeah. or different houses. Um, but I also wanted to bring up that like, again, Mars is anger, Mars is passion, courage, strength, life force. And I was thinking about like different reactions to kind of anger and also like cultural reactions to anger and how like the cultures that we've grown up in have a really different kind of relationship with anger than other Other cultures cultures. Mm -hmm. and how that can make it difficult for us to like even be around anger, even be in the presence of anger, which I think is problematic because anger is a really like beautiful thing and can be absolutely necessary at and times. it's also incredibly powerful incredibly powerful. incredibly powerful and so like i think that's kind of interesting with our own personal but also like cultural journeys um yeah what do you think about that yeah i think you're right i think it's interesting i always think back to a friend on our course um who is from israel made a comment once in class about uh she said that in Israel, they just shout at each other and yeah. just sort it out and it's done and it's yeah. over. And she found it so difficult to be in the room our course sometimes because there was so many subtextual mm-hmm. tensions, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. And it really awoke me to the fact that we just hide so much and we bury so much. And yeah. I know like, I and I feel like we've talked about this before. When I get angry, I immediately cry because I I've, mm. I'm, I feel pain at the idea of being angry. Yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I shouldn't be angry. I'm not allowed to be angry. And maybe that's also connected to being a female body as well. Yeah. Um, we don't get angry. We're not meant to be angry and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, so there's lots of like through lines. But yeah, that comment that our pal made really has stuck mm. with me. Yeah, I also, like, shout out Noor, my friend, um, who was in the Aries episode and is a great example of an Aries. Um, we were, I remember ch- chatting last time. I think you were there, too, when we saw her. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I want to be able to just kind of, like, yell at my friends when I'm angry at them. And then, like, it's over. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that is such a foreign thing to me. Mm. Um, because I think, I think 
there's I don't know there's a difference in like yelling versus like being just able to be angry in mm. front of people like it's like I think it should be much more accepted but the issue is the way that then because our anger is so suppressed the way that it ends up coming out and so our only interaction with anger in like public or mm. with people is actually really toxic and really violent expressions of yeah. anger because anger so no wonder we're scared yeah because anger is always seen as being violent and yeah. it's not and, and it's it sh- not and it shouldn't be but it's yeah you're right yeah and so that's mm-hmm. that is kind of interesting to me and i think like even the past couple weeks i've been thinking about like like i've been really angry for like no reason and there doesn't need to be a reason but at the same time i haven't been letting myself just be angry mm. because i'm like oh it's gonna affect other people like oh people are gonna be like weird around me or like people are gonna think it's about them or whatever that is which really none of that really matters because we should be okay with just being able to express in the same way that if i was incredibly sad yeah i should be able to yeah. just be incredibly sad you know mm. or incredibly happy um i don't know and so that's interesting and so then it's kind of looking at like accepting yourself and allow giving yourself permission to feel those things mm. as well as giving others permission in the space around you to feel those things without the kind of judgment you no, know for sure for sure and i think also equally uh if you are someone who maybe is a m- much more prone to allowing yourself to feel angry i feel like we're very much one side of like lots of different experiences of anger because mm. i know people who can just get angry at a drop of a hat yeah and they're very comfortable with yeah, that definitely. and and i think there's equally understanding that uh we're all on a journey with our own anger and you have to balance allowing yourself to feel things and being held in the space by other people Mm -hmm. and also not causing pain for other people like how i don't have an answer for that but how can we sit those things? yeah and i think we don't have an easy answer either because we just haven't been exposed to it enough like we we literally no one has taught us how Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like as a culture no one has taught us how to to deal with anger and aggression in a really productive way Mm. um because anger and aggression in like a beautiful productive way is is expressed through boundary setting yeah you know and like like i i you've you've set boundaries with me and Mm. i think that's an expression of anger but it's also a really really um healthy expression of anger yeah you know to be like hey that's not okay you know, like, I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, Boom. yeah. Boom, that, yeah. that is anger, you know? Yeah. Like, anger isn't necessarily just, like, shouting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know? No, for sure. Um, and so, I don't know. That I think that's quite interesting. Mm. Um, and then I also, like, I also w- wanted to bring up Mars and the patriarchy and Mars kind of, like, the shadow sides of Mars. And so I was thinking about, like, what came first, astrological Mars or the patriarchy? You know, like is the inf- <laughs> you know like is the information that we read completely tainted by the patriarchy? You know, if we're reading like this duality between Venus and Mars, is is it stupid to be like, oh yeah, there is totally a duality, and um, but can we actually take them as fundamentals, or is the duality already too destructive to even like look past? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so then I was just thinking, obviously that lends to like a even bigger question you could look at that that spans beyond mars beyond astrology and beyond also yeah all of it but yeah i don't know i I was thinking about that and i was thinking about like mars energy the shadows of mars energy being like war weapons um and i Mm. also i didn't read this anywhere but i'm i 
completely tie Mars energy because of the physical domination and assertion to be tied to colonialism and rape culture and capitalism and our worth then being placed on like our Mars and how we express our Mars which is like our ability to dominate yeah okay and then if you also tie that to completely being like the physical ability to dominate um because Mars is that kind of like physical attraction and physical aggression and so in our society and in our patriarchy it seems to only be okay when it's expressed through a male presenting body you know right yeah this kind of like I'm big I dominate like Mm, you're mm, under me mm. you know and so there's also then a there's then something about Mars and whiteness as well oh definitely you know like and i think also that can tie to uh back to the mythology to this idea that mars the god wasn't seen as violent even though he's the god of war Mm -hmm. he was seen as oh you secure peace for us yeah you do something for us and like that's something i think that's huge in the white male psyche Mm. yeah and it's also if you think about like leadership like leaders leaders in in war and in battle maybe used to be actually in physically in right Mm. and now leaders conduct a whole load of big strong mars army yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. to go and and Mm. incite violence on everyone else Mm. and they sit in an office and they hold peace right as if they hold peace Mm. and they but they don't and i don't know there's there's something that's kind of just really interesting about this and interesting about the venus and mars archetypes and how it's tied to gender and what bodies are allowed to express these things mm. you know um i no, yeah i find it really interesting because um particularly in the relationship between mars and sex right mm. because like as a and this is like deeply from my own personal experience but like i'm very comfortable with with sex, with my, with like aspects of my own sexuality. There are parts that I'm not, that's a whole other kind of kettle of fish. But like the, the relationship I have to having sex with others and the importance of that within relationships within my life, within myself and like my sexual being feels very comfortable. But I see you, you've, for me, you've tied it to a bigger cultural thing that mm. I hadn't really acknowledged before, mm. which is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because I think I think it it starts from the self, you know, and like our bodies, and then I, and what we maybe feel like our capabilities, our passions, whatever they are within those. Mm-hmm. But then it makes me think like, okay, but then how are those perceived in a wider kind of like society, and what, and and does that, if if the society is saying you're not allowed, mm-hmm. then does depending on the person it will either make the person go well fuck you i am or it will make the person go i'm not allowed yeah and that's a personal judgment mm. when it's not yeah it becomes a personal judgment but actually it starts from the outside yeah. yeah 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 um but yeah i don't know i thought about that with like with like also slut shaming too and if you think about a female body wanting to present in a really like kind of mars sexually aggressive way 
you see what you get, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, no, you're not allowed to either. But yeah. we also want you to, but you're not allowed to, mm. but we want you to, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so there's this weird thing. And then there's also, like... Um, I was thinking about kind of on this line of, like, slut shaming and also shaming of uh, women with anger. So mm. slight tangent, but it will make sense. In uh, one of the classes I'm in at school... Um, there, it's a media class and they're talking about stereotypes in the media okay. and they were they were given examples of stereotypes and they had to go and find examples in TV shows and films and stuff and one of them was the angry black woman yeah, yeah. and I think that is I mean not only incredibly problematic but there is this huge stigma around black women's expression of anger mm-hmm. and how it's wrong and it's like that's bullshit because actually like they actually are much more in touch with how they can feel but also it's the, you have you have the stereotype of the angry black woman and then you have the stereotype of the strong black woman mm. so not only are black women not allowed to feel anger but they're also not allowed to feel sadness and like vulnerability you know yeah. they're not allowed to to have that full range of, mm. of emotions you know which is just like so insanely fucked up but also completely to me ties back to to the shadow side and the dysfunction of the Mars energy, which yeah. is the the want and need to dominate, to colonize, mm. to capitalize, to rape, right? Mm. All, all of that to me just ties into to yeah. it. It just is part of the same. So know? what we're essentially saying is the poisoning of Mars energy mm. has has been the product and actually the cause of lots of the dysfunctions I, of our society. I think so. I think I yeah. totally think I think the I think when you tie certain planets and energies to the masculine and the feminine so I think Mars you have the sun that's also a masculine energy mm. which is like the ego right um and I think the masculine has been completely and utterly distorted yeah completely distorted into into a, a system that is white supremacist into a system that is completely sexist into a system that literally if you're not following one thing you're fucked yeah (laughs) like like you are absolutely fucked Mm. um yeah so there's that Mm. i was gonna what was the other thing i was gonna say um ah and then i was thinking about also venus and like perceptions of like female bodies enacting venus qualities and that being seen as something scary to the patriarchy and so something to fear because um, sexual, not sorry, it's not, not sexual, like romantic or emotional like power is also seen as like something you should fear almost yeah. in one sense. Yeah. And so there's that kind of thing that it's like when when a guy hits on hits on a girl and she rejects him, it's like, well, fuck you, then you're fat and ugly anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you know and like and like the kind of incel culture too of Mm. of, oh she can have anyone she wants like she like basically like you want to it goes to the extreme of men wanting to murder women who are liked who people are attracted to to. yeah Mm. which is not even their fault Mm. (laughs) fucking hell you've hit on a lot of good chords today thank you well done I have a lot of thoughts about this (laughs) (laughs) And the podcast is a great way for me to get the thoughts out because often they're just in my head. Mm. But yeah, anyways. You've brought so much to my mind. High five. Thank you. Thanks, bro. 
Um, I like how we did a little high five so that the mic wasn't shocked. <laughs> yeah. Tiny high five. So, okay. If we shake off a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, that was a passionate conversation. Mm. But it's great because it's Mars. Mm. I wanted to kind of maybe apply a little bit um, of Mars energy into kind of like real world people's charts and such. So we can kind of think about like what Mars might be in a certain house or a certain sign. Yeah. We can yeah, also yeah, take yeah. it to ours if we want to, yeah. if that helps. Um, this kind of ties because I was curious. I read quite a lot about Mars in the eighth house mm. and Mars in Scorpio. Mm. And I was thinking about this a lot because I think I, in astrological isolations, I've always just considered Mars as being about Aries, like always those ties. I actually didn't okay. know that Mars ruled Scorpio, yeah. which I found really, really interesting. And I think this, uh, for me, I was very much feeling like there's a there's a connection here like you said about life and death and it's like Mars becomes not this like furious fire it's more of a slow burn mm. which yeah. I found really really interesting mm -hmm. yeah because because Scorpio is the water sign that acts like a fire, fire sign. sign it has mm. that kind of like it has that intensity mm. that is really interesting yeah but it's not as quick as like Aries yeah you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. not as like instantaneous um mm. yeah and I think like when we talk about Mars in different placements it also can really highlight the beauty of Mars because I know we just shout on Mars a lot <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but Mars like we said earlier is really beautiful if it's not distorted like masculine energy really beautiful if it's mm. not distorted yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. so sometimes it is hard to see the beauty in it when you're living in a world where it is distorted yeah for me the easiest way to see that is to think about it in the houses so like mm. uh thinking about it say i'm going to use the example of my own house because i know the most about it so my mars is in the sixth house mm -hmm. and so a lot of my action my directiveness is in my day-to-day -day work yeah i'm like forward i'm always just yeah. like do 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 and i think that is really powerful and i i feel so often i have days and i felt there's so much at uni i have days where i was like bam 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 yes i'm getting all the stuff done i'm feeling great i'm feeling mm -hmm. fiery it's amazing and i think that is such a like a really good example of like where mars energy becomes very like excellent in its mm -hmm. kind of forthrightness and like can hold you really well in certain places I think as a female body it's really beneficial having my Mars in the sixth house say example when I was on the student union because it meant I could go into a room with people who I emotionally feel like are my authority and I could act like it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. and you just do it and I just do it and yeah. and sixth house again being like also about service and duty and so the want to kind of and having the passion to do that mm. having the passion to serve yeah having the, not everybody has the passion to do shit for other people yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. like mm. but to have the passion to like really want to do things for yourself and for others and for the world yeah yeah, yeah is yeah, a really yeah. positive thing so i can imagine equally mars in the 10th house mm -hmm. you have this huge passion for your calling in life for your drive yeah. in life you're always pursuing that with with directness i think there's that too and i also uh, one of the videos i was i was watching had that example as well mm. and i think what did he say he said something like mars in the 10th house um uh will will kind of attack career and attack um their goals mm. in a really kind of like powerful way not mm. like everyone else so they'll do it in a really right. quick way they'll do it in a really intense way they'll do it with a really kind of like sometimes obviously it can be too aggressive way in like a workplace mm. right like wanting to get ahead um but 
at the same time, there is like that passion there. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think the really beautiful, insanely beautiful part of Mars. Um, yeah, I mean, my Mars is in the third house. And uh, I was reading a little bit about that too. And mm-hmm. it definitely explains a lot. It explains, <laughs> basically, it's like you there's, there's passion and like random bursts of energy to seek knowledge. Right, right. And random bursts of energy to seek knowledge outside of, uh, to seek knowledge within your leisure time. And so, and I notice that because I'll have like these random ass like Google searches. If you go through my Google <laughs> search history, like I'm just like, oh, what's this? <laughs> you know? And it's, it's, that is interesting because I, I would never think that of myself when I was in um, like high school and stuff. Cause I was just like, I'm not interested. Like I'm just not interested yeah. in any of this. But actually I have an incredible capacity to soak up and information seek, seek and, and soak seek up. information mm-hmm. that I didn't think I had. Um, seek and soak yeah and then you know because because houses is going to be where you attain Mm. um what you really value and desire and so like where for you within within the day-to-day work within Mm. the duty within the getting the job done you know and where for me within within the kind of like um communications within the seeking knowledge you know um, also, just within school environments, institutions, that's the third house as well. Yeah. Um, You're never going to leave, mate. It literally said that. It said some Mars in, in third house people try to stay in school as long as possible. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, didn't think that was me a few years ago. And then, you know, thinking about, you know, let's say, what if it was the... <sighs> let's take the seventh house, mm-hmm. you know? So, like what would this be mars in the seventh house uh seventh house being like um one-on-one-to-one relationships but also like equality and balance so like systems of law too can Mm. be um so there might be a great passion to like really um nurture the one-on-one yeah and like connect make connections through them like not through monogamy, but through monogamous relations. Yeah. Not necessarily romantic. Definitely, mm. definitely. And who knows, maybe like the fucking, um, the ninth, the ninth could be, Mars in the ninth could be about, I mean, if it's really physical, it could be a lot of travel. Yeah. You know, it could yeah, be yeah, this yeah. like want to like seek the fucking highest knowledge of like what is life, you know, yeah. philosophy. Mm. Um, and obviously these houses will come up in different planets in different parts but i think the key with mars is to always think of it as like where you assert yourself yeah what areas of life where where do you feel confident you know Mm. and you can have dualities to this like my saturn's also in the third house and so i'm both feeling confident within communication and knowledge but also not yeah you know so there's dualities in that um and contradictions Mm. um and then, you know, you can think about, like, signs in Mars, or you know. Yeah, because I was thinking about, uh, I just had, like, a a generalization in my mind of, like, are fire sign Mars placements more prone to being outwardly angry? I would say so. I would say so. Mm. I would say um, fire sign Mars placements are probably, uh, because it's so physical and outward, are probably... Um, quite a bit quicker to get angry Mm. I would say a bit quicker to show anger and like air frustration not necessarily like really anger but like get stuff off their chest yeah I I would think so Um, I also think like 
air air mars signs would be the ones that are i would say kind of passive aggressive so like they are angry you can kind of tell but they're not going to let themselves really blow up yeah you know but they kind of have that nervous anger Mm. you know um and then water's hard yeah water's hard and i would say what's your what is what sign is your mars in both of ours is in taurus taurus okay Yeah. yeah um yeah i think water signs is like sensitive sensitive a and i think that can be where a maybe quite a repressed anger can exist because yeah. it's a it's an anger felt with sadness perhaps yeah, and there's a maybe. there's a an interweaving of those feelings and i think like um they're definitely there definitely might be more because water is quite emotional and internal there might be even more a bit of like an internalized thing which mm. is sits in friction with the outward mars mm. potentially and it. equally the the directness of mars the like yes go kind of sits Muddles in contrast out. to the mm. yeah it kind of like because it's so fluid it f- it filters out into other things mm, and so i feel like water signs are maybe the most prone to hold anger and misunderstand it for quite a long time yeah Maybe. I think we should definitely talk to some, some Mars water signs. Yeah, and see how people feel. Mm. And I think Earth is like... Or, I mean, Earth sits in... I feel like Earth sits in a Mars placement. They think they're comfortable. <laughs> like, I feel like Earth thinks it's comfortable there. And I think it is, to a certain extent, comfortable there. Because there's a stubbornness. Mm. Um, the only issue, I think, with Earth there... And I can talk from us both having Taurus as well in, with our Mars, is this kind of like want or inability to move when you need to yes, move. Yes, exactly what I was thinking. You know, because like it's about fire and change. passion. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's stagnant. It's like nope. But that also could totally be fixed signs. Mm. You know, because um, maybe maybe a Capricorn who is a bit more action oriented mm. than Taurus feels differently differently you know so that's kind of interesting i think the elemental kind of mars is interesting i don't think that there's necessarily um bad or good placements at all Mm. it just kind of depends on how it sits and i also think it depends on obviously the rest of your chart as we know Mm. but also like what house it's in too Mm. because like because i have like say my mars in taurus but it's in the third house, which is ruled by Mercury and Gemini, so it's still quite communicative. Um, as much as I'm the Taurus that doesn't want to, that's not seeking conflict, there's some kind of um, third house energy that is, because I also have my Mercury in Aries, which you do too, but that is also kind of just provocative in general. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so there, there's no seeking conflict but you can also just find yourself in these spots yeah. where you're like what the fuck yeah you know uh so i think it depends on like the the mixture as well the mixture of what you yeah. have you know i think you're right i also found this really kind of funny thing um someone was saying that mars in the houses may impact like um your usage of the color red in those houses which i was like what the fuck because i think he used the example of the third house which i have and he was like yeah third house people with mars often get red phones and i'm like that's not true and red's not my color (laughs) i was like that's not my color and i would not pick a red phone the only red thing you have is i think your blanket and i didn't really choose that color no 
I just didn't. <laughs> I quite like red. red. I red, never used to. Red is nice. I just don't really have it in my space or my wardrobe. I don't have it in my space, but I do have it in my wardrobe. I really like that new red dress you got. Thanks, very, very Mars. It is very Mars. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I never used to like wearing red. I now quite like wearing red. Mm. Anyway, should we do where are we, ass? That was a good chat. Yeah, where <laughs> are we, ass? Oh, God, I feel a bit knackered. Yeah, yeah, and I just got a call from work saying I have to come in early, which is chill, but also I need to go eat a sandwich, you know, before I go, because I'm getting really hungry now. Um, But yeah, where are we at in life? Uh, My uni is about to start, my master's course about to start. Yay! Woo! Um, Working, working hard, or hardly working. (laughs) Um, It's great because, like, work has been going really nicely. Yay! Uh, I enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, I didn't say that much in my wear mask, but I said a lot, but I didn't mean a lot. So, where, where are you at, Rachel? Where am I at? Um, I'm having a nice time. I'm trying to get used to working full time. That kind of rhymed. Um, mm. yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. Suddenly having lots of time dedicated to one thing, especially I think after final year of uni, which was lots of time for you to decide what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a lot having time dedicated to doing something else, but also I'm really enjoying uh, doing something that's really, really important right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and working with kids is so good. It's just so ridiculous. They do ridiculous things. <laughs> so funny. And Rachel has to discipline them. I do, I do. I have to call on my... Mars in Taurus. You do. You really I really do, do actually. Yeah, it's That's quite fantastic. Funny. Um, but I'm good. I'm excited to weave for the rest of this afternoon. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Follow Rachel's weaving Instagram account. Yeah, at Laurel and Daughter. Weave. <laughs> weave. Weave. Um, you know what? I don't know if there's much else to say. No. Let us know how you feel about Mars. Grr. Yeah. Rawr. All right. See you in the future. But also, time is a construct. Suck my ass! Bye!